All right, so let's start right at the top. In fact, I want to just pray right now and uh, set this time aside for the preaching, proclamation of God's Word. We're trusting for revelation to come. We're trusting for great insight. We're trusting God for uh, every lie to be challenged, for every, every uh, area of deception to be cleared up, every question to be answered. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, and at this time, Lord, as we approach the reading, the proclamation of the Scriptures, we thank you, Lord, that you're present by the power of your Spirit. And once again, Lord, we have not just come to hear, Lord, the voice of the preacher, but we have come to hear the voice of your Spirit. Lord, we want your Word. That's what we want today. We don't want man's opinions. We want your Word. And so we thank you, Father, that revelation knowledge is entering our hearts that there is insight, that there is understanding past and beyond where we have understood uh, in the past. And we thank you, Father, that indeed every lie is challenged, every uh, question, every obstacle is removed and taken out of the way, that everybody is able to enter in and to receive healing and, Lord, to be in the, in the center of God's will. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Um, how many of you found last Sunday's message helpful? That in terms of healing, that it's helped you. Uh, of course, we are, a, you know, we are a Pentecostal church. We we are what we might call a full gospel church. We believe in the full gospel of Jesus Christ. It means that we don't just believe in salvation in terms of, you know, getting saved and going to heaven, but we believe in all the other stuff that God has built into redemption, which includes healing, includes peace for our mind, includes uh, protection from accidents and disasters, and all of these things. Uh, and so with that, uh, I just want to read uh, from, the, from the top of the outline there where it says that as Bible-believing Christians, we, we believe in the full redemptive acts of Jesus Christ, which he achieved through his sacrificial suffering and death on the cross. And we've said, and I'm just repeating myself again, that the full gospel of Jesus Christ not only includes salvation from sins and its consequences. How do you know that there's consequences for sins? Um, it's a, it's, it's a place, and it's called hell. But God saved us from that, all right? So he saved us from, uh, so from salvation from sins and his consequences, but the full gospel also includes healing from pain, from sickness, from disease, and even from injuries. Uh, and we started reading there from Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, and I want to read that passage again, and then we're going to launch out. Uh, uh, it says here that as Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, uh, paralytics, and he healed them. And we said that one translation there says that he healed them all. Nobody went away sick. They came sick and they went healed. Uh, some of them came demon-possessed. They went free. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, when we teach on these things, on healing, you know, sometimes we differentiate between healing and deliverance uh, for the purposes of teaching and getting truth across. But in God's mind, it's all built into that whole deal. It's all healing. Uh, it's all deliverance. Uh, uh, and, and it's all part of salvation. I'm mindful that the great theologian uh, called Schofield 
spoke about a Greek word called soteria. And soteria means salvation. Uh, and, and he talked about that salvation doesn't just mean being saved and going to heaven. But soteria includes healing. It includes deliverance. It includes protection from any temporary evils and accidents and calamities and disasters. And if we walk in faith and, 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 and be sure that, that, that we are operating in that revelation, then we do not need to experience a lot of the things that people in the world are experiencing. So we said that during Jesus' ministry on earth, he focused on three main things. We said, number one, teaching God's word. Um, preaching, number two, the gospel of the kingdom. And number three, healing. Um, and, uh, and we said that this is, if you like, a summary, a summary of, of the things that Jesus focused on. And the point that we made was that, it, that he didn't just go around preaching, uh, though he did uh, do that, but he didn't just go around teaching the word, but he went around and he healed people. That was very much a part of Jesus' ministry. And of course, we are an extension of Jesus' ministry today. Whatever we are doing in terms of uh, you know, strengthening and extending the kingdom of God, reaching out, we are an extension of Jesus. So we need to be current as far as healing is concerned. Uh, we need to walk in that revelation. In fact, sometimes people ask me a question about one thing or other that uh, I might not have, not have studied for a while or might not have preached on for a while, and I said, look, my present understanding is this, but uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't been in that, in that box for a while, you know, in terms of, you know, we're supposed to be carrying in everything, but the reality is we're not, and that's why as a, as a church, in terms of the stuff that we preach on, we're cycling through certain truths over and over, and, and so that we can hear them again, so that our revelation is fresh, that it is current, um, and, you know, re revelation knowledge can wane. Uh, you know, a revelation that we had five years ago, two years ago, 20 years ago, for that matter, is not in itself and of itself there today because it can rain. So we need to refresh ourselves in these things. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why we are picking up healing uh, in our preaching uh, calendar for now and make sure that we are current, that we are fresh, so that we understand what God wants to do in our lives. And... Uh, so I want to start this morning by reading Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Uh, it says, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Um, now Peter, the apostle, had gone to Cornelius' household, Cornelius was a Gentile, a non-Jewish man, but he was a devout man. He was a godly man. He was praying and he was giving and he was helping Jewish people and so forth. Uh, and he was praying and calling out to God. And uh, you know the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. He will go to anybody that calls to him. Uh, and so God spoke to Peter in a vision and said, get yourself down there. There's a man that's praying and, uh, and you need to go down there and minister to him. And so Cornelius turns up. Uh, should I say, Peter turns up at Cornelius' household, begins to minister to these guys, begins to minister the word to them. And, and this is what he said here in Acts 10, 38. He says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth. He says how God anointed him, uh, God en empowered him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now this is... If you like, again, a summary statement of the ministry of Jesus while he was on the earth. Uh, and Peter particularly focuses on the healing part. He says, he went about doing good. 
uh, and then he says, he healed all who were oppressed of the devil. He says, for God was with him. Now, uh, right there, the Bible calls sickness and disease an oppression of the devil. Um, and that's why it's good to not just skim over over scriptures in our readings, it's like it's drilling down. It's like, what God actually is saying here? What is the word telling us here? What's it telling us? Well, it's telling us that Jesus healed all who were oppressed of the devil. So the devil is the oppressor. All right? And Jesus healed them all. And the good thing to know is that the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did 2,000 years ago is still doing today. He hasn't changed. God says, I'm the Lord. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, he says, I'm the Lord. He says, I do not change. All right? And so the Bible calls sickness and disease an oppression of the devil. Uh, so if the Bible calls sickness of the devil, we shouldn't call sickness as being of God. Would that be fair enough to say? Now, we're some ways into this deal in terms of, uh, you know, when healing was restored as a truth to the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, when, uh, when, when, you know, initially it was only the radicals that were into healing. You know, it was like, uh, you know, the Pentecostals were right on the forefront. But now healing is, I believe, thoroughly established across the board in terms of the body of Christ. But occasionally you still hear stuff. It's like, hello, what am I hearing here? What, what am I hearing? You're saying that sickness is of the devil, but you, you're telling me that God's using that sickness to to teach you something. Folks, God uses His Word to teach us things. God teaches us things by His Spirit. He doesn't need to use sickness or disease to teach us something. Now, that's not to say I can't learn anything while I'm struggling, you know, with sickness and, you know, reaching out to God. It doesn't mean I can't learn anything, but that is not God's doing. Sickness is an oppression of the devil. All right? The devil is the oppressor. God is the liberator. All right, very important for understanding. You might say, well, you're telling me something that I already know. Listen, um, one typical trick of the devil is to make people sick and then to lie to them and tell them that this sickness is of God. Sometimes people wouldn't verbalize it in so many words, but in the back of their mind, they're like, Oh, well, maybe I've done something wrong. You know, maybe, maybe I felt God somewhere. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I haven't been good enough. And, uh, and then when people, people come up for, for, to receive healing in a prayer line, they say, oh, let me say, have I done everything? Have I read my Bible? Have I, have I done everything? Listen, healing belongs to you by covenant. We, we don't receive healing by works any less than what we receive salvation by works because it's all part of the same deal. It's all part of the same package that Jesus paid for on the cross. So, so do away with those thoughts of, oh, what have I done, what have I, done, what have I not done? We, we don't approach God on the basis of our works or on the basis of our righteousness. We approach God on the basis of Jesus' righteousness and on what He has done on the cross. Your goodness and my goodness will never be good enough in terms of receiving things from God by faith. Christians who constantly walk under a cloud of condemnation, are easily lied to by the devil. And there are loads of them. There are loads of Christians who are dealing with condemnation on a day-to-day -day basis. And somehow, you know, the devil takes advantage of the ignorance of God's word and piles on extra lies such as, God is judging you. God doesn't want to heal you. You haven't been good enough. Folks, 
God can't be a part of the problem and a part of the answer at the same time. God does not have two sides to him. God doesn't have a good side and, and an evil side. You know, they talk about this, you know, they talk about some religions, you know, in one religion they talk about the yin and yang. You know, some of you know the sign. There's dark and there's light and uh, it sort of curves together into one. That is a complete lie. That is a complete lie. In God there is no shadow of turning, the Bible says. Our God is a good God. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, James chapter 2 tells us, in whom there is no variation, neither shadow of turning. God is not fickle. God is a man of his word. And right here it tells us that sickness is an oppression of the devil and we need to treat it as that. Somebody might say, well, how do I resist the devil? Well, uh, resisting the devil, resisting sickness, resi resisting all of that is all the same deal. It all comes from the same camp. John chapter 10, verse 10. It says that the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. God is not the God of barely enough. God is the God of more than enough. El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. The God of the overflow. And so, folks, Satan is like the thief that's come to steal, to kill and to destroy. And he uses, amongst other things, sickness to do so. To steal health from people, to steal their liberty to, through demonic interference in their lives with the eventual goal of destroying them altogether. But the Bible tells us right there that Jesus has come that we might have life and have life to the full, or as one translation says, to have life more abundantly. And uh, we look into the original text here and we find that the word life there comes from the Greek word zoe. And by the way, zoe is a good word, all right? It's a good word. And what it means is it means, it means it's life in the absolute sense. It's life as God has it. You know, scientists tell us that uh, in terms of uh, temperature, and I'm not a scientist, okay, so please bear with me. In terms of temperature, you've got zero on the one side, you've got freezing, and on the other side, you know, you're above freezing. But they, they tell us that you need to get way above even 100 and 200 degrees before you get to a certain place where there's no cold anymore in there. there there's no more, no more cold. I, I can't figure it out, but that's what they tell us. And, uh, but you know, in God, in God, it's very clear. In God, there is no evil. There is, no, there is no changeability, there is no fickleness, none whatsoever. I remember years ago, um, somebody taught us that uh, if you were to analyze all of the experiences in your lives, and you were to list them down on a, on a, on a page, you take a page, a piece of paper, you divide, you run a line down the center, and on the one side you write down abundant life, and you put Jesus under it because that's what he's come to give us. And on the other side, you write down the devil, 
killing, uh, killing, stealing, and destroying, and then you just run your way down through that. Um, and it, it's a good exercise to do. Because religion has done a very good job at blurring the line. <laughs> and so we need to be very precise about these things. Is this deal of God or is it of the devil? And so you write down and say, well, sickness, write it into the devil's column. Um, health, write it into uh, Jesus' column. Accidents, disasters, uh, um, uh, write it into the devil's column. You know, years ago I heard this man that said that uh, God's told him to write a book. Um, he's testifying afterwards. God told him to write a book and he was just so busy and couldn't do it. So he had an accident. He had to spend several weeks in hospital. And then he came out afterwards saying, well, God put me in hospital so that I would have time uh, to, you know, to write the book. Do you know, if God were really, uh, really doing all of this stuff that many people have accused him of, he, he would need to be locked up. If he were down here on the earth, the police would go after him, they would lock him up because they would, it's like they're making out that God's a criminal. All right. And so run down that list and everything that you can think of, uh, just, just depression, write it into the devil's column, and uh, happiness and joy, write it into Jesus' column, and, and be very clear and very precise. The line is not blurred. It's actually, as far as Scripture is concerned, it's very clear. All right? But religion has managed to blur the line so much so that when people come uh, and try to receive healing, suddenly they're struggling with all of these that floaty stuff. Stuff just floats on them. <laughs> I mean, you know, the scripture is absolute. It doesn't float. And we don't push it around this way and that way and try to make it fit over here, try to make it fit over there. Uh, scripture is very clear. Sickness is an oppression of the devil. And thank you for your enthusiasm here this morning. Praise God. Um, it talks about absolute life or absolute fullness of life. The state of one who is possessed of vitality. You know, when we're healthy and we we got strength, we've got vitality, well, that's, that's part of Zoe. Life real and genuine, a life active and vigorous. Uh, so sickness and disease will clearly not be a part of this life that the Bible speaks about here. Now, of course, there is no condemnation in, 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 in you know, battling against sickness. And, and you know, it's, we don't need to be like the Jews that say, well, what have you done wrong that you're sick? You know, stuff just happens. But God has made provision for it as part of that redemption deal. He's got healing there for everybody, and he will not send anybody away empty-handed. Luke chapter 13, verse 10, uh, it says that as Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said to her, Woman, he says, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he is a religious man, okay? <laughs> he's, he's not a faith man, he's a religious man. He was, he was you know, moved with indignation because somebody got healed. I mean, how, how bad can it get? Because Jesus, and he said to the crowd, he says, there are six days and on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Then uh, the Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox and his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? 
So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham? Um, now what does that mean? Um, well, here's Jesus, get the setting. Here's Jesus in this place, and um, there's stuff going on, you know, there's things being said and done and so forth, and Jesus looks across, and he sees this woman that was bowed over, uh, so seemingly was able to walk all right, but she couldn't lift herself up. Uh, she was all bowed over and had clearly a severe back problem, what we might call a severe back problem today. Now, Jesus says, woman, come here. Um, in fact, uh, he ran over. The Bible tells us here that he laid his, la laid his hands on her, and he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Um, and uh, transpires then that uh, religious people got upset because uh, Jesus healed somebody on the Sabbath day, and uh, Jesus answered that, that thing, and he's, he calls this guy a hypocrite. Um, he says, Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? The last week I said that uh, healing is part of our covenant. It already belongs to us. It's already there. God's already made it available. All I need to do is reach out by faith and receive it. I don't need to ask God for it per se, because God's already given it. So if there is a holdup anywhere, it's not from the sending end, it's from the receiving end. All right? That's why we are teaching, so we learn how to receive. It's a bit like, uh, you know, like there is waves going through this room, like right now, radio waves, uh, television uh, waves, and, you know, waves. We don't see them, but we know that they're there. Uh, if I were to get a radio set, I need to tune this thing so that I can receive these, uh, these signals. And so it is. We need to tune our spirit. We need to tune our understanding so we can reach out. And then once we have the revelation, it's easy to receive. Um, would not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? Jesus said, this woman is a covenant woman. Being a daughter of Abraham refers to the covenant that God made with Abraham and with all of Abraham's descendants. And Jesus says, it's not right that this woman should be bound. She is a covenant woman. And Jesus wasn't just sitting in the corner somewhere, passively waiting for her to struggle her way through. He, he went over to her, he laid his hands on her. He says, woman, he says, be loosed from your infirmity. It's not right that you, a covenant woman, should be bound by the devil for 18 years. And this religious man, a devil of a man, got upset because the covenant woman got healed. And that's why I'm saying religion has done a good job in blurring the lines and messing things up. And we need to get back to what the Word says rather than what man says. <laughs> She's a covenant woman, Jesus says. I'm in covenant with her. I was there, Jesus indicates. I was there when God made a covenant with Abraham and uh, with all of his descendants. And so notice in verse 11, she hid a spirit of infirmity. What's that? That's a demon. That's a devil of sickness. That's what that is. And Jesus says, whom Satan has bound. So right there, Jesus calls sickness a bondage of the devil. <laughs> it's actually quite clear, really. As I said, somebody said once, we really need help to misunderstand the Bible, and we've had plenty of help. That's why we need to go back to what the Word says, that sickness is a bondage of the devil. So if Jesus calls it of the devil, we have no right to call it as being of God. 
And uh, as I was reading through this and kind of meditating, I was, oh, just had a thought there. I hadn't kind of seen it quite that way before. But, uh, you know, um, Jesus, in uh, putting this religious man in his place, this ruler of that synagogue there, he should have known better. He's a religious leader. Just didn't know what the word says. Um, and the woman didn't know that healing belonged to her because the preachers hadn't done their job of teaching the people. And so uh, Jesus says, come on, you guys. He says, uh, don't every one of you on a Sabbath day loose his ox and his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it. And you know, God does not want us tied down in some stall of sickness and disease and be tied up to some demonic bondage that hinders us. In a sense, Jesus was referring to Healing is our daily water. That no master in his right mind will withhold from an ox or from a donkey. And I'm not saying be oxen and donkey. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that there's a deal in there that we need to recognize. The example that Jesus used was, hey, daily water. He says, you just, you just loose that ox and you, you give him that water because after all, it's the right thing to do. And God wants you and I to have our healing. It's the right thing as far as God is concerned and he would never withhold it from us. So again, here Jesus calls sickness a bondage of the devil and we need to be very clear in our mind that uh, that's exactly what it is. I'm swinging on into Matthew chapter 15, verse 22, and we are, amongst other things, talking about the covenant that we have uh, through Jesus Christ, that we are covenant, we are, we are today's God's covenant people. That's who we are. And, and healing belongs to us. God's already built it in. It's already there for us. All we have to do is reach out and receive it. And in fact, in just a little while, we'll be sharing communion together, which is, you know, again, it's a covenant meal. Uh, that, that very bread that we partake of, it represents the body of Jesus that was broken sacrificially, that healing could come to us. The very cup representing uh, what Jesus has done on the cross by, by dying and shedding his blood so that uh, we could be forgiven and that anything and everything that, that in terms of where our, our lives didn't measure up in, 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 God's, uh, in God's demands that Jesus is, I'll measure up for them. And so don't you ever allow yourself to be condemned by the devil and to walk under a cloud of condemnation. It'll hinder you uh, from stepping into everything that God has for you. The Bible says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we absolutely reject every lie of the devil. Matthew 15, verse 22. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. <laughs> You know, one time Jesus was saying to his disciples, what spirit are you guys of? They just, they just lost the plot here. They just got annoyed because this woman wanted some, you know, a touch from God and wanted healing. And so anyway, send her away. And Jesus answered, verse 24, and he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and he said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. 
Now, one of many people that came to Jesus for healing, uh, only this time, uh, in fact, Bible scholars tell us that this is about the only time that Jesus strayed or went outside of the, 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 the Israel territory. Uh, he's over in this uh, Gentile place, and this woman comes to him, and she'd heard that uh, there is this man that travels around, and he heals people, he casts devils out, and he's called the son of David. So she comes, and she says, uh, Lord, uh, she says, uh, have mercy uh, on me. You're the son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. So she's, in a sense, uh, uh, petitioning the Lord for on her daughter's behalf. Now, the Bible tells us here that initially Jesus uh, did not reply. He just didn't say anything. And when, when she presumably carried on, the disciples said, Oh, Lord, just tell her to go away. She's bothering us. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then Jesus stated uh, what his mission was. He says, and basically he's saying that he was primarily sent, uh, to, that his mission was primarily to the Israelites who were God's covenant people. All right, that's who they were. They were God's covenant people. Uh, and even though they never, uh, they never walked in the fullness of what was they were entitled to by way of their covenant because the preachers didn't teach them anything. The, the, the Sadducees, the, the high priests, the, the Pharisees, these guys led people into bondage rather than into liberty. And so, so anyway, Jesus basically saying, well, I'm actually saying to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she made a second call. And uh, I'm kind of inspired by this, this woman. She just wasn't going to take no for an answer. Not that Jesus said no per se, but, uh, but he just stated what his mission was. And the, the woman was a faith woman. So she cried out again and she says, help me, Lord. And then Jesus replies by saying, he says, uh, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. Now let's get what Jesus is saying here. This woman, her daughter needs deliverance. Uh, uh, as I said, healing and deliverance in God's mind, it's all the same. It's all part of the same package that uh, he says it's available. And Jesus says it's not right to take the children's bread, the children's bread, the children's bread. You see, healing is the children's bread. And no parent in their right mind would withhold a bread from their children. Even if they've been naughty, parents would still feed them. You don't say, all right, now you're going on a fast for three months because you've been naughty. You know, you deal with that, but you still give them their, their daily bread, wouldn't you? Jesus calls healing the children's bread. So if Jesus calls healing the children's bread, we, should call, we shouldn't call it an optional extra that God might withhold from us because we are his children. Let me say something that really bothers religious, religious people. We have a right to the children's bread. We have a right to go to God and to receive the children's bread, not because we've earned it, but Jesus paid for it on the cross. It's already paid for. In Mark's uh, account of, of the same story here, it says in Mark 7, verse 27, Then Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. It's the same story, but we're just given a bit more detail, a bit more insight in what Jesus was uh, saying and how this whole thing transpired. Um, let the children be filled first. If you're saved, 
Jesus is saying, let the children be feel, feel first. You know, praise God for, praise God for, for, you know, for healing crusades and we get unsaved people and, uh, and, and so forth and get them healed. Fantastic. I'm all for it. And the Bible is for it. Jesus is for it. We're all for it. But Jesus is saying, let the children be filled first. Let the children be filled first. And sometimes there's almost like a notion of, oh, yeah, God will heal the, the unsaved, but he won't heal his kids. Jesus is saying, let the children be filled first. So the woman spoke of, in fact, Jesus, he said it's not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. And this woman, she was a faith woman, amazing. She says, that's right, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. It's just a crumb of God's power rolling off the table, so to speak. Uh, is strong enough and powerful enough to get rid of that demon, to get rid of that sickness, to get rid of that disease. It, it's good enough. But you and I are not after crumbs. The bread belongs to us. It, it's our bread. It's our daily bread that Jesus has paid for. And we don't need to grovel into God's presence and ask for crumbs. We're here to receive bread. Because Jesus paid for it. God's already given it. All we need to do is receive it from our end. Interesting that her non-offendable and persistent attitude so impressed Jesus that he referred to her as having great faith. Jesus was really impressed. In fact, Bible scholars tell us that Jesus only marveled at two things. He marveled at people's doubt and unbelief, and he marveled at his people's great faith. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was uh, 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 Gentile people, non-Jewish people, were referred to as, as dogs. Um, and uh, now the woman could have been offended. She goes, oh, it's Jews, you're all racist. You're just all, I'm out of here. Uh, no, 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 no. She stayed with the program. Listen, don't let offenses arise up in your heart over anything because it'll hinder you in receiving from God. People say, well, no, no, you, you've got offense, so God's judging you. No, 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 God's not judging you. That offense in itself will hinder your faith and hinder you from receiving from God. Have no unforgiveness in your heart towards anybody. Jesus was very emphatic about that. We don't have time to get into it, but in, in Mark chapter 11, he says, if you have got ought against anybody, forgive. And it's amazing the number of Christians that are running around uh, offended, put out over this, that, and the other. And whilst initially there's no difference, they're still carrying on, you know, things are still good, but suddenly their faith no longer working properly. Suddenly they can't receive anymore like they could before because something's got in the way. And it's offenses. The woman, naturally speaking, would have had every right to be offended, but she thought, no, 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 no. She was persistent. She was non-offendable. The Bible tells us that she was a Canaanite. A Canaanite is, uh, in fact, in the Mark account of, 
of this story that tells us she was Syro-Phoenician. She was a Syrian from the, the town of uh, Phoenicia. That's where she was from. She had no covenant with God. Unlike the woman that was a daughter of Abraham who had a covenant with God, this woman had no covenant with God. But she pressed through anyway. She wasn't going to be hindered by no, by no technicality. Pressed in. And Jesus says, Wow, woman, great is your faith. For that saying, he tells us in Mark's gospel, for that saying, he says, the demon has gone out of your daughter. Your daughter has been made well. Now here's the deal. She went away, had received healing, deliverance for, for her daughter. And then she went home. And when the Bible tells us, when she went home, she found that the demon had gone from her daughter. Now, she had received her healing, her daughter's healing, when, when she petitioned Jesus. And it was that moment when Jesus says, you, 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 your daughter is made well, that was good enough to her. The word was good enough for her. She asked for no proof. She asked for no evidence other than the word. And in her mind, it was done. Then she went home. Now, she didn't go outside of that meeting and jump on her, uh, her Harley-Davidson and ride home in one great hurry or in her, in her whatever vehicle. She had to walk home. There was quite some distance, no doubt, for her to get home. But she knew in her heart that her daughter was made well. And he, this is what's important, friend. When we come before the Lord and we receive our healing, that we ask for no further evidence for no sign, for no evidence other than what the Word says. Ultimately, the Word's the bottom line. If God's promised, that, promised it to us, it belongs to us, and we can receive it anytime we want to. If it's not in the Word, and if it's not covered in the Word, then it's not available to us. The reality is that everything that we need is available to us because Jesus paid for a full redemption deal. It includes everything that we will ever need. It definitely includes forgiveness of sins. It includes healing for our bodies. It includes deliverance from any demonic bondage. It includes protection from any temporary evils, be that accidents, calamities, and all that sort of stuff. And it includes a new body when we get to heaven. It's all part of it. It's all paid for. It's all paid for. Now, some people say, well, I, I, I want to receive my new body now. No, you can't. You, you, it it's, can't be done. God will heal your present body. But the new body needs to wait until you get to heaven. It's what the Word says. All right? Praise God. So interestingly, just want to make a couple of summary statements and then we'll share communion together. Last Sunday, I laid hands on people that felt that they wanted to receive healing. Laying on of hands is one method where we can minister healing to people and how we uh, say is those that might be seeking healing can receive healing, but that's not the only way. In a moment, we're going to share communion together, and I just encourage you that if you need healing, just thank the Lord and just receive it where you are, where you stand, just receive your healing by faith. Take the word as sufficient evidence that healing belongs to you and say, Father, I receive it right now. 
I will no longer allow condemnation to, to cloud my, my, my mind and my life. I no longer allow the devil to lie to me. I no longer uh, entertain thoughts of being judged by God or that God's holding out on me. Healing is the children's bread. I'm receiving bread from the Lord today and I will not take no for an answer. God never says no, but the devil tries to get in the middle. And he wants to say, no, no, no. But he's a liar. So, interestingly, she didn't receive her healing until her third attempt of approaching Jesus. And Jesus did not call her second or third attempt a lack of faith. He called it anything other than that. He says, woman, great is your faith. <laughs> Jesus was saying, look, I'm thrilled that you didn't give up the first time. I'm thrilled you weren't deterred. I'm thrilled you didn't get offended. I'm thrilled that you get, in, get, get too, too much into, into sort of lopsided theology where, you know, that uh, yes, I was sent to the, to primarily to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but, but God loves all people. But especially his covenant people. Great faith. Jesus is great faith. Now, I'm saying all of that to say that uh, if you have tried to receive healing and it hadn't happened the first time, let's reach out again. Now, it's not that Jesus didn't respond the first time. Remember, this is a non-covenant woman. But we are covenant people. If you're born again, you, you're a covenant person. And based on the terms of the covenant... When I surrendered my life to Jesus, I entered into that covenant that's already been there all along, but I entered in. I, like, I, became, a, I became a covenant partner with God. But God promised that everything that He has belongs to me. God says to Abraham, He says, Abraham, says, I'm your shield and I am your exceedingly great reward. Abraham says, Lord, what will you give me? God says, Everything. Everything. Abraham, you got access to everything. You need it, and it's yours. Because that's what covenant means. Covenant is a mixing and a mingling of two entities into one. And when Jesus died on the cross and he established his covenant, he took on your debt and your shortcomings and my debt and my shortcomings, my sin, and he gave us his righteousness. Whatever he had, he made available. Whatever we had, he took. So the Bible says he took our sins. He, he bore our diseases. We looked at that last week, you remember? He bore our diseases. He took away our, our pains. And now we've got access to everything that Jesus has paid for on the cross. How do we access it? We access it by faith. So we're in the New Testament now. God's made a, available healing to all who come to him in faith without staggering his response. I say staggering because it seemed like uh, when the, 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 the non-covenant woman came that Jesus' response was kind of staggered. But remember, she's a non-covenant woman. Still gave her what she needed, but she had to just press through a bit, a bit further. We're covenant people. We don't need to jump hurdles. If there's any hurdles, it's only in our own mind. There's no hurdles in God. 
We, you, you know, we don't need to. God does not place demands on us that you haven't fasted, you haven't prayed, you haven't. You know, you've been naughty last week. There's no hurdles. We're God's covenant people. Healing is the children's bread. Aren't you receive it today? Unashamedly. The Bible says we come boldly before the throne of grace. Boldly, boldly with our heads held high. Not in our goodness, but in the goodness of Jesus. That uh, first, Second Corinthians uh, 5.21 tells us that he who had no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. That we can go into God's presence with our head held high. We don't need to crumble asking for crumbs. We can go with our head held high. Why? Because Jesus paid for it on the cross. Perhaps the ushers could come and, and distribute the emblems, cup and, the, and the, the bread, and encourage you to just close your eyes and just, just thank the Lord for what belongs to you by covenant. That you require no further qualification and no further requirement for God to have made available to you that healing. Sure, if you're harboring unforgiveness, you better let go of it quickly. Because it will hinder you in your faith. We don't judge other people. Because the Bible says, judge not, lest you will be judged. But other than that, let's just receive children's bread this morning. Receive healing for some of you that are being troubled by harassed by demon spirits, you put your foot down today and say, no more devil. You will not, you're not bothering me anymore. There's no more condemnation. There's no more feeling of not good enough. There's no more feeling of unworthiness. Oh, I tell you, religion done a great job in making people feel unworthy. What a lie. In ourselves, we will always be unworthy. But Jesus gave us his worthiness when he died on the cross. Where before we were not good enough, but now Jesus says, good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Praise God. As the ashes are just serving people. You might say, how do I receive my healing? Just receive it by the use of your faith. Say, Lord, I receive my healing. Just, just with the words of your mouth, say, Lord, I receive my healing. Lord, I receive my deliverance from this area of bondage. I thank you, Lord God, that it belongs to me. I receive it right now. It's paid for. It's mine by covenant. I receive it right now. So that answers your question. How do I receive it? You receive it by the words of your mouth. For with the heart man believes, the Bible says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Soteria. Includes forgiveness of sins. Includes healing for our bodies. Includes deliverance from any demonic bondage. Includes deliverance from condemnation for stuff that's happened and gone down and Stupid things that we might have done. Receive your deliverance this morning. Just tell the Lord, say, I receive it. Praise God. I'm sensing the power of God flowing into people's lives right now. 
it's amazing when lies and deception are challenged and removed by the truth of God's word. And sometimes it's just, uh, you know, nuances. Sometimes people say, yeah, I know that God heals, but I'm not sure if God will heal me. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. So once again, if you've been served already, just close your eyes and just thank the Lord for your healing. Receive it by faith. Partake whenever you're ready. Praise God. And wait no, for no further evidence that you actually healed other than what the Word says. Like that woman, she had to walk home and all the way home. She knew, she knew that her daughter was healed from that bondage. And yet uh, she had to take it by faith. Because it's not until she got there that she realized and she saw with her own eyes that the deal had been done. Healing is a done deal, my friend. Praise God. Just receive it today. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you this morning that healing belongs to us by covenant. It's not because we are so good, because Jesus is so good. It's not because we are so holy, but because Jesus was holy and is holy. I thank you, Lord God, for soteria, for healing, deliverance, salvation, all of these good things that you've built in. It's ours by covenant. Lord, we avail ourselves of our covenant rights. We receive healing. We receive the children's bread. We want to thank you, Father, for bodies that are made well. We want to thank you, Lord God, for vigor. We want to thank you for strength. Hallelujah. Praise God that we are strong, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Things we couldn't do before, now we can do it by the power of God. I thank you, Lord God, that even limbs that weren't working before are now working. I thank you, Father, that the power of God is present to heal and to bring restoration into people's lives in Jesus' name. Praise God. Minds that were troubled by demon spirits are now free in Jesus' name. I declare liberty over the people of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I command all condemnation to go in Jesus' name. I say no more lies from the devil. But we declare that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. I wonder if we can have the musicians up and let's just sing a song and rejoice in God for everything that he's done for us again. Uh, first of all, on the cross and everything that's been accomplished this morning. I really believe that there's been some powerful things that have happened in people's lives. Listen, if you know that God's done some, something, that you need to testify. You need, you need to give a testimony. You need to write that down. You need to tell that to somebody. Hallelujah.